0: Due to copyright concerns, please enjoy a reenactment of a snippet from the trailer for the film Coda. Um.
1: Sometimes I get a good feeling, yeah. I get a feeling that I never, never, never had before.
0: You're the girl with the deaf family.
1: Yep. I just want to tell you right now. And you sing. Interesting. Something's got a hold on me, yeah. It oh, must be love. Yep. We're just feeling the music in here. Isn't everybody? <laughs> I can't sing, so no. <laughs> well, I anyway. Uh hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls Podcast. I am Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on our website at www.foreverfangirls.com. dot com.
0: And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Forever Fan Pod 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 Pod. Same handle
1: handle. Three social, no, social, no, social, No, 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 no. The, the handle is right. That's Forever Fan pod. <laughs> yeah, the, the handle's right. The echo is wrong? Yeah. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we are your hosts and we're glad you can join us because today, today we have a great discussion lined up for you. Yeah, today we're going to be discussing a film that your sister, Crystal, actually
0: recommended mm-hmm. uh, we watch. And it is the Apple TV Plus original film, Coda.
1: And as always, spoilers are ahead. So if you haven't seen Coda yet, please be aware that we will be talking about major, major plot points. Major? Yes, major. Major, so, major, major. So, pause us, watch the film, and come back to listen to our discussion. So, I'm I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with film. Really? Yes. Why? Because I am still reeling from the 49ers losing the NFC Championship. We were so close.
0: Well, like I say to other Met fans, there's always next year. Oh, come on. We were so close. <laughs> Close only counts in hand grenades and horseshoes, aye, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, anyway. Um, but next year, mm-hmm. we get to watch the 49ers and the Dolphins play in Levi Stadium. No. What do you mean, no?
0: We've already been to Levi Stadium, and while I would love, love to see my Dolphins play the 49ers. Yeah, but we
1: didn't see the Dolphins at Levi Stadium, so now that's our chance. Yeah, I just, I, look,
0: I know. We've been to Levi Stadium. It's my turn. I want to go to Miami.
1: It's warm in California, it's warm in Miami. Oh wow, look at the time. What do you mm-hmm. mean look at the time? We better get started with our review no, of Coda. Wait, no, no. Yes. No, you yeah. start what yeah. what no. <laughs> uh, Tear. Okay. Um, wipe away the tear. Several <laughs> Nobody, knows. Buck up buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna read you're gonna read the synopsis now?
0: way so from imdb as a coda child of deaf adults ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family when the family's fishing business is threatened ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music by wanting to go to berkeley college of music and her fear of abandoning her parents
1: yeah, and this film actually won, and I didn't realize this, it won more awards at Sundance than any other film that premiered there in its history. So I'm like, wow. Whoa. That's that a lot. Is, Yeah, that's insane. So I'm like, huh, I wonder if the movie actually matches the hype, right? Um, so the only thing that I wanted to add to your synopsis is that she joins choir on a whim because a boy that she has a crush on actually was in choir, and she didn't know if she could sing because, you know, she's a child of deaf adults. And so she, I guess she then just blossomed in choir. And then that's when she had this this crisis, right? Does she go and help, does she stay and help her parents or does she go and follow her heart? But Sorry. her choir
0: teacher, do you want to try to say his name?
1: Uh, Bernardo. You, you want me to say his I can't roll my Berna, I can't roll my R's. Bernardo. Bernardo. <laughs> Ber- you know what? Perro. You know what? Mr. V. <laughs> Bernardo Villalobos. Yes. So you can roll your R's. You can say his full name. I'm going to just say Mr. V. Um, okay. So then with that, let's start with talking about the good. Okie dokie. I mean, I think the, uh, the acting was uh, on point. Oh my gosh! I mean, Marley Matlin, mm-hmm. she's like incredible, and I actually did not know that she won an Oscar. Yep, because um, I have never seen the movie *Children of the Lesser God*. Maybe we should add that to your maybe we should watch list. Yeah, just so that I I can see that, and you know, it's just amazing to me, um, you know, that she has built a career in film as a deaf person. And she's actually um, the most, one of the um, interviews that we were watching, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she was actually mentioned as being the most well-known deaf actor.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's just, she's incredible. She is. And I say this about a a lot of actors that I really like. and, and what I, it's not easy to do when I say they kind of, draw you to them they draw your eye they draw your attention but you know she just has this personality and this way about her on screen and on the small screen with like like the l word for example mm, i mean you're yes. playing across from jennifer beals
1: mm-hmm.
0: and sometimes i'd be watching it going jennifer beals is there huh <laughs> 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 because just her facial expressions her, her attitude and it just it, she's I just enjoy watching her a great deal.
1: Yeah. The the thing that I did not know, you know, the film work aside, um, she actually testified at Congress uh, way back when, I think it was like in the 1990s sometime, some um, where she actually was instrumental in passing a law that said any TV television set that was 13 inches or larger had to have a chip that would allow closed captioning. Oh, that's brilliant! I had no idea. I I didn't either. So I'm like, oh wow, that's really cool, right? Yeah, because then it opens up the, it just opens things up for.
0: And you would think that that should just be common sense,
1: yeah, But you know,
0: but it's not. So the fact that she did that, I, that's awesome. I had no idea. I, I had no idea either. I'm like,
1: oh wow, that's really
0: really cool. I mean, I know that we were watching a behind the scenes video of Coda and. Uh, she had mentioned that if they wanted to get a hearing actor to play a deaf character, she was out.
1: Yeah, and I I applaud that because you're not defined by your disability. You know, you, you can do a lot of other things, and she's proven that, and all the other actors with her have also proven that. I mean, um, Troy Kotsor, I think that's how he pronounced his name, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. He played Frank. Rossi, and I didn't know this. He was actually in The Mandalorian. Ooh. So we need
0: to go rewatch
1: now. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, he was, I found him and uh, Daniel Durant, who played Leo Rossi, the brother, you know, all of the scenes that they were in together, they were just so very expressive. And, you know, they, they used their whole body to communicate. It was just phenomenal watching them. And interact, you know, them interacting without sound. Mm -hmm. And the only sound that you sometimes hear is from um, Amelia Jones, who plays Ruby, right? When she's actually signing and also speaking.
0: Or it's just, you know, um, ambient noise. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. So it it was just, all of those scenes to me were just so powerful.
0: And for me, it was uh, his interaction with Marley when they were playing that loving couple and the loving marriage, because that is just. Forget forget the story, okay? Mm. Forget everything. Just a loving... Everything is against them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the fishing business is failing. They're struggling. They're day-to-day. They got two kids that are just... Let's be honest. One is driving them up a wall, and the other one is like, oh, we need to go out on our own. So take out, you know, the, the, the other aspects of it. It's just the relationship was so strong, and so their interactions with each other are so authentic, and... And it was nice to see that type of loving, still interested in sex, still interested in each other in different ways.
1: Uh It was, you know, you don't see that enough. Yeah, and even, and it's not just the good, right? There's that scene where they were in the kitchen table. They didn't realize that Ruby was actually just, you know, on on the other side of the room. And they were actually signing that, you know they they didn't have any money she was trying to buy something and the card got declined mm-hmm. you know that's like an everyday thing when you're struggling when your business is struggling and you're trying to make ends meet and you could just see how you know what okay you know this is this is tough this is it was ru- a
0: normal relationship right.
1: and and they were trying to work through it you know and she even said maybe sell the boat like and then do what fishing yeah. is the only thing that he knows how to do You know, how else are they going to survive? It was just that, that normal, that normal everyday struggle, normal, and I put it in air Air quotes. quotes.
0: Yeah, but we don't, we don't get to see that enough, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's just a normal family and and a normal, and again, normal air quotes. I just mean in the sense of where it is not a perfect cookie cutter family. There are ups and downs. It's not just one person struggling. It's everybody struggling, but there's still, and I think for me, it's the idea that the mom and dad are still sexually active. Mm Mm-hmm. Much to the chagrin of their daughter. <laughs> but they're still... They they just... They're still passionate. Maybe that's it. It's still yeah. passionate. Yeah. And in a lot of films, it's like, look,
1: okay, we're middle-aged. We're not dead. Yeah. Right. And one of the behind the scenes that you showed me today where um, Troy was actually saying, you know, he was reading the script and, and he said, oh... We can sign bad words, <laughs> dirty, dirty words, in sign language. <laughs> okay, dirty words. That's it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you know, the, just learning about the community because I don't know a lot about the the deaf uh, community. So mm-hmm. you know, just hearing that, I'm like, oh, okay. So there's there's that uh, reticence in in say or signing dirty words. Yeah. Right.
0: I think the chemistry between all of them. Um, it just, it came off screen very, very well. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, speaking of the, you know, the, the chemistry of the family, um, bringing in Amelia Jones, who played Ruby Rossi, um, I actually did not know that she spent nine months before shooting to actually learn American Sign Language and then have singing lessons. And then she also had to learn how to operate a fishing trawler i'm like holy crap and this this kid was 17 when she did all of this
0: and then to top it off when they were uh the behind the scenes thing when they were discussing what your hardest scene was in her case it was when the father and the son were in front of the fishing panel or whatever like or mm-hmm. the, the coast guardy official people's and she had to learn everybody's lines basically right Not either in, in sign language and her own mm-hmm. um verbally to speak but she needed to know everybody's lines and I'm like you know this it just goes to show you what a good production crew good cast and everybody can put together yeah and it's just it's extremely impressive
1: yeah she actually also said that you know the one of the hardest scenes for her was that last scene when she was doing the audition Oh, the singing and the sign the, yeah, language together. Because she was singing and doing the sign. So it, she was saying that you know all of the culmination of all of the things that she was learning, she had to do, you know, on on set. Yeah, it's not that she was singing, you know, and then the tracks were overlaid. She was actually they were they were recording they were live. Recording live, and I'm just like, Yee.
0: they also said uh, in an article I was reading, um, the take they used for that she got super emotional because it was one of the last scenes they were shooting. Mm. So they were getting close to being completely wrapped. Mm -hmm. And she was looking up um, at her co-stars and she lost the note. Mm. And it was just a very emotional note that she kind of eked out. And that's the scene they kept. But I mean, I can't say enough about the cast of this.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just an amazing cast. Um, And, you know, to accompany the cast, the music the music in this film, I, I'm just, like, blown away. Like, all of the classical classic <laughs> music, I mean, it's just, you know, all of, the, all of the music and the fact that they're in choir, it, it, it brought me back to when I was in high school taking choir, you know, and all of the jokes, like, um, talking about, you know, Mr. V saying, okay.
0: Bernardo
1: talking about whether or not you know, you're a soprano or you're, uh, you're an alto or you just have been watching too much Glee. I'm like, wait, <laughs> how did he know that? I've been watching too much Glee. <laughs> but anyway, it's just... It, yeah. I, I, just, I, I love the fact that there was just so much awesome music in here. And they were singing it. You know, yeah, it was you know, their own renditions.
0: The, going into a little more about the story, it's like the story overall... Was very simple,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. It's about a family struggling. It's about a young girl, a coming-of-age story, a girl trying to find her place in the world. Mm-hmm. Granted, she's in two different worlds that most people aren't. But it's really a very simple story, but yet one of the most powerful messages when done well. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's you know she's she's basically stuck between two worlds because she doesn't quite fit in in either.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that, she does mention she's been bullied because she couldn't speak well, right, which
1: and you know I understand why she was hesitant to sing after that, yeah, and you know she she is then you know almost a, like a tigress when you know they're making fun of her family, and you know she wants to protect them, but then you know she's hurt because she hears all of the 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 making fun of you know it, it's just oh. And that, they that say ignore
0: grim- it because it's no big deal, but it's
1: it's hard to it's ignore hard
0: to. it when you constantly hear it all the time, mm-hmm. and it it denigrates the people you love.
1: Yeah, um, and you know, I, going back to the acting, it's just it, with the story, the way they were acting it, it was just the the nuances of the body languages of everybody of all the actors. Um, I think. I think it was in an interview that I was uh, watching with, with Amelia that she was saying the thing that she needed to get used to was that working with um, uh, Marley and uh, the other the other two, Troy and Daniel, is that they were very direct, right? And they always had, like, intense eye contact because that's how they speak. And so she had to get used to that because when you're hearing someone, you don't necessarily have to look at them, right, or... It, it, it's just one of those things where she, it was just very, like, uh, I don't know what the word to use, but... It was an adjustment. It was an adjustment. And I was going to say it was like in your face, but...
0: Well, it might have been jarring because it was something that she wasn't accustomed to. Yeah.
1: And it, and it just translated that, you know, all of the, the body language, it was just very, it spoke loudest to me. Yeah, I mean... Uh- see i I loved Bernardo's character um, <laughs> you just like saying his name Bernardo <laughs> um,
0: because you know what I liked about that, and again, it goes to the story, you know you have that mentor that's gonna push you that's gonna help you grow, you know, helps you find a way to connect I mean the way he he I love that he called her Bob,
1: mm, oh, in the reference to Bob Dylan, <laughs> yeah, because it 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 was his nickname for her. So that she can connect to that image of, okay, it's not sandpaper and whatever else that he said. Um, I don't quite It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Right.
0: You know, and everybody, like he says, everybody has a story to tell. It doesn't matter how you sing it or how you bring it forward. Mm -hmm. But if you have a story, you can present it. Mm -hmm. And there will be someone somewhere who will take that in. And that's what I got out of that character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the one other thing that I wanted to just mention here is um the scene where it was Ruby and Frank at the back of the truck, right? Um you know, he was trying to understand what what the song that she was singing was. Mm-hmm. And he made the analogy that the stars we're not looking as good on land as, they, as it does on water. And we've experienced that. Yes. We actually know that for a fact. And, you know, it's, it's the analogy that Ruby doesn't belong on the fishing boat, right? She, she shines when she sings. And that was just very, very touching to me.
0: So you feel she shines more on land, but the analogy is...
1: The analogy is that she doesn't belong. She doesn't belong on the fishing boat. She... She belongs in her element. She belongs at school where she can learn her craft and actually feel not tied down. Or feel free, because that's when she
0: was doing the sign language to explain, because she couldn't put into words what it felt like to sing. Yeah. And she holds her two fingers up and and waves it back and forth. And forgive me, obviously, the audience can't see what I'm doing. But it was that feeling free and floating and, and...
1: but if people have seen the the film they know exactly that because that she could not she could not articulate how singing meant to her she had to sign it.
0: Well technically it's her first language.
1: It is. It is. But yeah
0: it's a gorgeous analogy. I I I will be honest, I took it the wrong way initially. Oh, did you? I needed to sit with it for a minute mm. because you know when you hear something but it doesn't it doesn't register? Mhm. And I thought it was, you know, him trying to convince her not to go. You know, the stars shine brighter out in the ocean. They're prettier there. Why don't you stay? And that's where my head went. And then I realized, oh, no. And that's when I understood. You now he's saying, you know, you may miss those stars. And, yeah, they shine bright there. But she is noticing how beautiful everything is here. And she belongs here. And she's beautiful on stage. And I, I understood that after but it it needed to sit with it for a minute to, I'll be honest, I've needed to sit with this film and watch it more than once to get all of the underlying themes um, that I I missed because there's just a lot in here. And even though it's a simple story, there's a lot of
1: layers to it. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, that scene just blew me away and still blows me away to the, point of me bubbling over here crying well i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna continue so you get a little bit of a break okay okay the most impactful sequence for me in the whole film and i even said it to you when we watched it the first time mm-hmm. was when she's singing and then she's singing the duet and all of a sudden the music fades out and there's nothing it's just silence yeah and you're you're getting their perspective on the concert and they don't know what she's singing. She's not signing. So they don't, she's, I'm assuming too far away to read lips. I don't know, but I'm assuming. Yeah. And what they're getting out of it is people are shaking and they're crying and they're cheering and they're clapping and they're realizing all of these people are being affected by their daughter.
1: Yeah. And the fact it's also a, a stark reminder that they're, they're not yet part of that community. Right, it's still, it's still very different. They're, they're still not. Uh, I, I don't know what I am trying to say here. It's just it's, it's very isolating. That's all I can say. While
0: she is their daughter and she loves them dearly, she still has a connection to a world they will never be able to connect to. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the behind the scenes thing, uh, Marley had admitted that one of the one most challenging thing for her to do was to say a line. If you, if I was blind, would you want to be a painter? Yeah. In reference to um, Ruby, Ruby wanting to sing. to sing. Right. And I understand that. You know, she even admits that initially she was upset that her daughter was hearing
1: mm-hmm.
0: because she was concerned about what they would have to connect to one another. And I think. That that is always there. That fear of of losing. I mean, this is their child on a stage singing. Everybody loves her. Everybody is responding to it, and they can't share that with her.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's like that scene, you know, at the kitchen table. You know, Tinder is okay, but music is not because Tinder they can do us a family. they can all share.
0: <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, but they're afraid. You know, I guess in in that sequence when when she was singing, it's like. It's not just, this is your baby, mm-hmm. your youngest. It's that fear of letting go. Mm-hmm. Now, couple that with the fact that since she's been born, she's been the translator, the intermediary, the the one who's been able to help them.
1: Yeah. She's, she's never really been the child.
0: Yeah. And because of that, I think Leo, is the brother correct? Mm-hmm. Leo has kind of... Felt like he's been pushed to the side, even yeah. though he's the big brother. He should help, and I think he actually has that that argument with Ruby, where he says, "You know, you can sing, you can do this. I can take care of the family. Go, yeah. You know, yeah. we'll be
1: okay. We love you, but we'll be okay. Yeah, because it's it's hard. Change is hard. Yeah, right? we were we were talking about that in the last um, episode, but that's such a universal thing. Yeah. Um. And that it's it's also hard to let go. Um, you know, the Miles was actually you know, talking about perspectives, right? Miles thinks that Ruby's family is perfect. You know, he thought that she was a total baller when they were in the third grade <laughs> because she was ordering beer for her parents because she, like you were saying, mm-hmm. she was the interpreter. Um, and his family life is not; it's not that close. Yeah. So, you know, it, from his perspective, she's just like, oh my God, awesome. That's why he was so afraid to sing with her. All it right? just goes to show you that everybody's perspective
0: is completely different. We yeah. don't live in anybody's shoes but our own. And we have to take our perce- our perspective, but take other people's perspectives into account when dealing with all of us. Yeah, You know, if I'm just watching a TV show by myself, it's my perspective. But if I'm having a conversation or doing a group project with people and people come from different, you know, backgrounds and, and experiences, they're gonna come up with different answers than me. And we have to work together yeah. to create something.
1: Yeah. So um okay. I think we we went on with the good. The good huh? A lot. <laughs> yeah. So um okay. Um let's go ahead with the bad. Sure. All right. Um so as far as the movie is concerned, I thought that there were a lot of um, idealistic moments here. Yeah. Uh, like being being late to an audition. When when we were in choir, my choir um, teacher always told us, you have to be there early because when they tell us we have to go, we have to be on stage, right? You, you have to be on time. And that just, that to me was just like, uh, it was hard for me to, to, kind of go with to accept. Yeah. When I was in high school and we had our 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 class actually went to all state. Yay. Um and so we we had we had to memorize what our lines were, but we still had to have sheet music. And we had we each had our own and we had to bring them. Yeah. And that was like <laughs> That was like our Bible. We, we weren't, we weren't, we were, we would not go anywhere without that thing. So, you know, not having your sheet music, but again, it's, it, it kind of goes with the character, right? She's, she was always torn doing a lot of different things. And so uh, it kind of fit, but it's still, it's that. Yeah. I mean, if I had shown up
0: to band without my music, they would have been like, okay, that's great. Have a great day.
1: Yeah. And but I un-
0: I understood it's to show that she's frazzled. Yeah, she can't really get anything done because she's constantly being pulled in different directions. Right,
1: but she she was given the chance. So I'm like, okay, you know what? That also shows that sometimes you got to give someone a break. Yeah. I understand that. I I yeah. I'm just gonna
0: yeah. <laughs> No. I mean, it, can it fall within the realm of disbelief? Yes, but having the experiences and yeah. the perspective, we have, <laughs> it it just that was one thing where I was like, uh... I mean, again, maybe times have changed, but when I was auditioning, what I was auditioning for, if you're late, you're late, and unless they really liked you, mm-hmm. or it was a really small call, I I had seen people that were told, "Thank you, but no, thank you." Yeah, so. And it, again, it could just be my experience in the few places I had been. Yeah.
1: So, that's about the the film itself. Um, yeah. we, we actually want to bring up something that's outside of the film.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to try to explain this to the best of my ability.
1: Mm.
0: When CODA was being made, it had a script. The people behind it went to foreign distributors and asked them to purchase the rights, if I'm, again, following this correctly of the film so when the film was completed they could show it in their country.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it went to Sundance, it did exorbitantly well, it won all of these awards and then Apple came a call in. Apple bought it.
1: Well we should we should mention that the, the budget of oh, the budget the film. because
0: of these investments, the budget became ten million. So all of these foreign in these Distri- foreign distribution companies invested in Coda before eight I think, before anything was shot at all, just based on the script. Mm -hmm. And they invested, and it became a $10 million budget. Mm -hmm. Now, when they went to Sundance, and they did very, very well, Apple came a call, and and Apple bought it for, I think it was $25 million. For the worldwide worldwide rights. Mm -hmm. So here's the problem. Those other distribution companies own the rights in their country, and Apple just bought the worldwide rights – And these other countries are like, no, this is a major film that has done super duper well. We want the rights to show it. We paid for those rights to show it. You can't sell rights that aren't available. So there's a push to put a buyback clause where if somebody like Apple or Netflix or whomever buys it, the small production uh, distribution companies in these foreign countries need to turn around and sell it back. It's really unfair.
1: Yeah, it is, and the the article that which we will um, actually post on our website on our um, the show notes show page, notes page um, so that you can you can also read the article. Is that y- y- if you do that, then there's no incentive for all of these distribution companies to to make money. Yeah,
0: we won't have another film like Coda because it will never. I shouldn't say it will never. It might not get made because what's getting it. Produced, and I still love that a ten million dollar film is independent. But what's getting it done is the fact that these foreign distribution companies are willing to take the to take a chance. And basically, you're saying, "Oh, guess what? We're going to hand you a script, and you now have to take a chance. And if it flops, don't worry about it; you'll get it anyway. But if it's a success, you're never going to see a lot of money."
1: Right? Uh, Yeah, and that's that's totally. What's the point of them
0: investing at that
1: point? Exactly. Um, So yeah that that's that's the bad i i yeah, actually, i really
0: I really don't agree with with that whole. The more I read about it, the more I was like, you know it's i it, I see it getting dirty. will it? I
1: don't know yeah i uh I don't know, but i I hope that there's a positive resolution. I don't know what that would be. I have a question though. How could
0: the sale go through if the rights were being held elsewhere?
1: Well, I, that's my question to you. Someone, someone missed their due diligence here because why would you buy, why would you buy something that was already sold? I
0: mean, how, it says worldwide rights in a contract. Doesn't that make the contract null and void? Uh, I, don't, I don't,
1: you know what, I don't understand. I don't either because I don't understand all of that.
0: Anyway. Presenting information that we don't understand. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> so um, maybe we should move on. Yeah, let's from the just bad. go to the cute. Okay. We're already in the bed. Well, I, let's, I said that let's move on from oh, the bed. Oh, let's bad. move on from the bed. Yes. Sorry. Um, so we actually did a lot of uh, cute already in the good. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing here that we have not said is uh, towards the end, um, when they're going to Boston and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Marley's character says, "Well, if we're going to kick you out, we're going to kick you out as a family. Yep, <laughs> like you know, they they do everything as a family, and it it also was a very tender moment that they supported her during her audition by going sneaking, sneaking up upstairs to the balcony, yeah, to to show their support. Um, it was just it was just
0: heartwarming." So yeah, you know it was heartwarming for me when when uh, Ruby and uh, her father were sitting on the the flatbed part of the truck, and he's having her his hands on her throat to feel the vibration of her mm-hmm. singing to understand because he he mentions you know he loves the heavy bass because yeah. he feels it. he loves he loves music that he can feel, yeah, and that's how he's connecting with her, yeah in in regards to music,
1: which is when he realized that he really does have to let her go, yeah. So, um
0: another cute that I, I think I laughed hysterically way too much for uh, is when Ruby and her best friend Gertie are waiting in line to pick the class and Ruby picks choir. And she goes, "Choir? Are you high?" <laughs> that really was
1: And I'm like, "What's wrong with choir?" <laughs>
0: and I was laughing and like, hey, "I chose
1: band." <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you actually you and I were laughing about when uh Bernardo, mm, Mr. V, Bernardo
1: <laughs> Uh, he's on YouTube and he signs to the parents. Yeah. I was like, oh, um, let's not take our signing lessons from YouTube. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> What's really funny is I was like, oh, we can learn sign language on YouTube. And that's what I was thinking oh, watching this whole no. thing that I'd like to learn a little bit. And then that happened. I went, we will not be learning on YouTube.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, so, any other cue? No, I think I'm good. Okay. So, I guess that is our discussion of Coda then. All right, so now it's time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Hmm, can you guess what it is? <laughs> I don't know. All right, well. What is it, Sheila? Well, do the drum roll and I'll tell you. We rate Coda five stars. Ding, 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 ding. Yay, we agree on this rating. And we would give it more if we could.
0: Yeah, this is one of those cases where I feel like five stars isn't enough.
1: Yeah, because it it really was a phenomenal film. It resonated, yeah. And it's actually a remake of a what a French film. No. Bernardo, That's my, <laughs> I can't say the title of that French <laughs> film. I kept trying. Oh, I know. But um, we're going to put the the link of of that trailer in our show notes page as well. Oh, we are. Yes, we
0: are. You are adding more work for me. Please, I love thank you. you. Um, but <laughs> putting all of that and the controversy and all of that other stuff aside. Um, I, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm so thankful Crystal, um, recommended it because I'll be honest, it was going to fly under my radar. Mm. Um, it's, you know, I'm like, oh, it's a coming of age story. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm a little too old to understand it. But I understood both sides. I understood Ruby. I understood the mom of letting go, you Mm -hmm. know, seeing my nieces and nephews grow up and realizing I have to let them go and they're going to college. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, and, and letting go of dreams that you've loved and you've wanted. It's all universal and that fear. And it just, it struck me in the heart. And then you have the way she interacted with her parents, that, that nuanced reaction and and how they communicated. I had never seen anything more beautiful.
1: Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, it really is deserving of all of those awards at Sundance and, um, from what I understand, it's also been nominated for like SAG and BAFTA awards. And I really hope it gets nominated for an Oscar.
0: It really, really, really would be a disservice to the film, to the talented cast and crew. If it's not.
1: Yeah. Cause that then, you know what? It's just totally rigged, but well, that's just my opinion. Let's not discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not discuss. Um, anyway, but you know, Aside from that, you know, knowing what Amelia Jones had to go to, go through to prepare for this blows my mind even more. Um, you know, the cast, the crew, the director—they they definitely deserve all the accolades, and um, I I just can't say enough about this film. Yeah, I'm,
0: I have seen it at least three or four times already. And still, every time I watch it, I catch something that I didn't pick up before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely watch it. Please. So, that is going to be uh, our show for today, folks. Thank you so much again uh, for joining us. Um, were there any key, like key points we missed, that I've missed in like my or watch throughs, uh, please let us know. You can leave us a message at speakpipe.com forward slash forever podcast. And if you're listening to this on your smartphone, hit that little subscribe button and a little review button, and we would greatly, greatly
1: appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults, but in musical terms, it is the final statement that brings a sense of balance to the musical piece. It perfectly describes Ruby's childhood that even though it's coming to an end, she found a balance between her family and music, and it's a story we'll not soon forget.